All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith. And I started this podcast because I truly believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood. But the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang, I am excited for this guest. This person, you would not even know about it, but you may not have heard her on uh, many podcasts before. Um, I'm honored she's jumping on this one. I love this about her. If you read in her LinkedIn profile, she's, you know, a, I'm going to say a Renaissance woman. She's experienced in fine art, ad tech, and B2B SaaS sales. She's an artist of many crafts and a knack for being customer-centric and relationship-based. I love that about her. She operates with gumption, a touch of humor, and when she's not at work, you can catch her painting an oil painting or in a competitive game of Scrabble and we can all challenge her. She's now a relationship manager at LinkedIn on their talent solutions team. Please welcome none other than Jacqueline Fiddler to the podcast. Welcome, Jacqueline. Thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome. You forgot to add I'm a fish fan, so that's super important. Fish, music, fish fan. So like that is talking about human, like that is a huge part of me. So. That is. And so that leads me to my first question. So you did something really cool. You put that uh, little blurb on your LinkedIn profile. You put this circle and you even posted about somebody actually connected you with you, a sales leader connected with you about it. And you also wrote about your hesitancy about putting out something like that on your business profile. Are people going to think that you're like some, you know, druggy or, you know, something like, you know, you're, you're just, dirty people hippie. don't get dirty hippie, <laughs> but you did. And people connected you with it. And it was just a great line uh, that that person, can you, can you just kind of tell about that story real quick before we get into it? Cause I just think that that's exactly what I love about you, that you weren't afraid to put that out there and, and you even got a great connection as a part of it. I got a job because of it, actually. That's why I'm at LinkedIn. So, uh, wow. wow. Yeah. So I'm happy, to, happy to dive into it. A little bit about me. I uh, went to the University of Michigan for art. Go Blue, Boo OSU. Sorry, but we did just win the game. Say yes, big time. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. Big yes, time. big win, big win. So yeah. I'm an art major. I've been in art school all my life. In addition to regular school, I graduated with a bachelor in fine art. And um, in my former life before sales, I was a fashion and music festival photographer. So you name it, Bonnaroo, Ultra Music Festival, I was being flown around and shooting all of those events, doing exactly what I loved. But my parents quickly sat me down and told me that they loved me and they were proud of me, but they wanted me to move out of the house and get benefits and like go into a more secure, stable role, should you say? So, I mean, sales obviously came to mind because it's the most stable <laughs> thing ever. But like, just just wanted to segue, saying like I was an art major, and then I, I you know, got my footing at Yelp and um, became pretty good at it, and became their top producer there in a short amount of time, and realized I can make a lot of money doing sales. And further, I really liked it, so I can 
talk about my like background a little bit more, but to get to your point about that post that I made, I, like many people, you know, sales is highly like volatile and you don't stay in a role for like eight years, typically when you're in sales, like the lifespan of a sales rep is probably two to three years before you move on to another role. And so I was a bit lost in my journey. I was a top producer. I was knocked off my horse. Also, I, you know, walked around as if my, for lack of a better word, shit didn't stink. And, you know, when I left Yelp, when I left this Disneyland that I had loved that had, you know, provided me with so much revenue and fulfillment, I was really, really lost. And um, I did some traveling, you know, so I did the whole like eat, pray, love, find yourself backpack (laughs) in Southeast Asia. When I came back, I was lost and I didn't know where to go. And I looked at who I went to president's club with and top producers from, you know, former companies. And they told me about the sexy land of insurance. And I did not want to go into that role. Again, artist, creative thinking outside the box. Why would I want to go into that? But I was blinded by the money that you can make there. And so begrudgingly, I moved forward and and, and did that. And it was eye-opening for me because I felt stifled creatively in every way possible. I felt like I couldn't be myself. I think I even chopped off my hair to give myself a quote Karen haircut because now I'm in like insurance and wanting people to take me seriously. And I wasn't myself. And finally, I was there for about a year and a half, maybe two, like two years too long. And I told my manager one day when I was there, I said, I want to put on my LinkedIn that I'm a fish fan. And I was told not to do that. You know, this is professional, you know, this is, you want to be perceived professionally. And I listened to an extent, but when I left, I, I absolutely put on my LinkedIn that I am a fish fan just to see if people actually read through, you know, your little bio and can pick apart certain things. And I put it on there. And sure enough, the, the head of sales from this company, from a very good company at that reached out to me and said, I couldn't help but notice that you're a fish fan. And I would love to talk about, you know, A, your, you know, your last concert you attended, B, your goals in your career and where you want to go from here and see what you're looking for and how I can help you. And so all my life, I'd been told to hide this part of myself and to put on a certain persona. And when I put that out into the world, sure enough, people gravitated to it. So much so is that um, I asked the director of sales if I could include a little snippet of her response to encourage others to like really put themselves out there. And by doing so, that post went more viral than my post with Simon Sinek. And, you know, a heavy hitter over at LinkedIn reached out to me and said he really identified with my message. And I, in my message, I said that in a world where people want to do business with people they like, especially during a pandemic, when we're all locked down and, you know, just stuck at home, I want to put out there that I'm a fish fan. And if people are going to judge me or like use their preconceived notions of doing business with a hippie, then fine. Bye. I'll find someone that does want to work with me and to just show up and like put that out there because you just never know who's going to respond. And I just wear that with a badge of honor and it's a very niche group. It's a niche music genre, but 
you know, I've done a lot of business, closed a lot of deals because of it. And I've grown rapport because of it. And it was that post that had um, a leader from LinkedIn reach out to me and say, he really identified with my message. And, um, you know, nine months later, I'm now still, I'm, I'm at LinkedIn and I was able to network myself into a company that I had interviewed for and made it to final rounds to probably three or four times and, and really felt defeated. And sure enough, like in all of those interviews, I was fake. I was who I thought they wanted me to be. I was buttoned up. I would regurgitate what I thought with their mission, vision, everything. I was not myself. And then four years later, I write a post that is like true to me. And now I have a job at my dream company. So that was a very long-winded, long-winded response. I don't even know if I answered your question, but like, that's, that's you, me. You definitely did. And I, I just, I wanted everyone to hear that story if they didn't see your post. And what I took away from that story was on your side and the other person's side is just, you know, be real with people. Business is, is always personal. People want to do business. They want to connect with people that are unique, that are not afraid about being them. We've had people come on and talk to, to me about, you know, part of selling before you say anything about your product, they just want to know that you're like you're comfortable, like you're safe. You're not like they're talking to Jacqueline or Alex. They're not talking to the salesperson, Jacqueline, the salesperson, Alex, they're talking to the person who's like a fish fan. And, and you know what? I saw this today when I like you, you just throw something out. Like sometimes other people aren't willing to go there unless you go there first. And then you watch as it comes back to you. So like I say, hey, yeah, like Everybody that I've come back with from Thanksgiving, I go, hey, how was your Thanksgiving? Personally, for me, it was like planes, trains, and automobiles. I flew to Philly. I then thought it was a bright idea to drive seven and a half hours to Vermont to get some craft beer. And like, it was great. And we had some awesome food and we stuffed ourselves. Like, what about you? And then they're like, that's crazy. I've been to Vermont. I Did you go here, here, here? This is what we did. So it's like, you, you just kind of, you, you connect on those by offering those little stories about yourself. So I just thought that was really cool. And then the, the sales manager connected with you because she was, you didn't know that she was going to be a, a well, fan, but funny story about that. So the leader, the director that reached out to me at LinkedIn, he oversaw at the time, the government sector of LinkedIn, and he's also on the board of Jambase. And so he can identify with like, you know, staying true to yourself and you know, being a fan, but also being professional and, you know, holding yourself to a certain standard. And when I got my first interview with LinkedIn because of him, I immediately regurgitated back to who I thought they wanted me to be. And I didn't get the role right away. In fact, his, his feedback to me was, Jacqueline, you were very scripted on questions that were about yourself, like, and they want to know about you and they can, they can really sniff that out. So it took me a while, honestly, to just surrender to the flow and surrender to being you and not some scripted version of you. And when I actually was myself, I broke into the contractor role there and was able to parlay that into a full-time role where now I report to that same director who gave me a chance and who reached out to me. Like I never was reporting to him at first and now I report to him and it's, it's just extremely, it just, it's fairly fulfilling. I love it. I love it. So talk to me a little bit about you, you know, growing up. And I mean, you definitely took a, a 180 in your career going from like photography and art to then sales. 
And, you know, I thought, you know, if you could look back, you know, kind of growing up as a kid, whether it's your immediate family or your friends, or maybe, you know, people that you admired or respected, can you think of somebody in your life that was just really great with connecting with people, building relationships, people uh, were drawn to them and maybe where you learned some of your life skills before you learned some of your sales skills? Absolutely. So I think it's important to say that I come from a family of lawyers and dentists, you know, so they are not the chatty Kathy, like they are not the extroverts that in sales, you know, my parents have no idea about the realm that I'm living in, but I'd say where I I developed my ability to be personable is as a photographer. I mean, I would shadow photographers. I'd be a wedding assistant. And I would see how they would talk to brides and talk to grooms and bridal parties and high pressure situations and where things can go off the cuff and, and go awry and see how they would handle that and how they would bring out the best in the groom, the bride, the, the crazy mother-in-law, you know, how they would handle all of these crazy personalities. And like that would teach me how to be able to bounce back and be fluid and, you know, think on my feet. I'd say, because I'm not working in people's mouths here. Like my parents are, I'm working with like real emotions and selling things. And you have to be likable if people are going to want to buy from you. So I'd say at a very young age, just being able to shadow professional photographers and understanding how they're able to bring out the best in others and strangers they've never met before. That I think really made me become a go-getter and maybe not afraid to ask questions about people and show up as myself. What did you notice? Like, what did photographers do that you think relates to sales? Like, how are they? Cause you, you like to, to draw things as an artist. So I'm going to try to ask you to, to draw some correlations. Like, what are you doing as a photographer or maybe as an artist that might be skills that you see yourself using today as, as a salesperson? Great question. So I'd say I left this out, but one of the things, one of my specialties when I'm, I'm still a freelance photographer on the side, but I shoot boudoir and that is probably the hardest thing for you to shoot because you need to make women feel comfortable in their own skin. These aren't Victoria's secret models. These are real women and you need to make them feel like a Victoria's secret model and feel comfortable and put their guard down and not be cheesy, sleazy about yourself. You need to go in there take action, take direction, take control. Like you're the professional there. So people want to be led. You need to lead them, let them know they're in good hands. Let them know they're with someone who knows what they're doing, has done this a couple of times. They're not alone in how they're feeling, you know, be human. Let them know, Hey, like you're not a model. Like I'm going to lead you and guide you through this entire process. And have something amazing at the end of this, you know, for you to love. And if you don't love it, we're going to work on it together. I'm going to, I'm going to go back in and retouch it. I'm going to, you know, indent the arm. I'm going to take away the crows. I'm going to make them feel amazing. And I try to deliver that same energy to my calls and sales. Like, Hey, you're not alone in how you're feeling right now. You're not alone in what you're dealing with, but this is something I hear all the time. And I am the expert within my field. So I'm going to take you through what I know. And if it, then this call like doesn't work out, doesn't work out. But now at least you left with more knowledge, like leaving the call than going out. So just kind of putting their guard down. 
you're reminding me of the Maya Angelou quote, right? I probably know it. Like people will forget what you said. They will um, never forget how they make you feel. Yeah. And even what you did, they'll forget what you said and, and what you've done, but they'll never forget, you know, that emotion that you're able to transfer to them. And I, I think that's all sales is, is, is that transfer of belief and you know maybe emotion. And, you know, I bet you those women like not all photographers are going to get the same photo out of the exact same woman, right? Because you gave them that, you know, just confidence and safety and you set up that environment. I'm always a big person of, you know, before you're even talking about your product or anything, just like set up this environment as like a safe space to, to share. Like you're not like an adversary, you're a teammate, you're a, an advisor, a partner, a consultant, you know, you're putting off the vibe, like, you know what, like, I want to tell this person more because I really feel like they will, they're there for me. They're making me feel like, again, seen, heard and understood. And um, I bet you probably noticed that, like, you might may even think, wow, I didn't even know I could get a picture like this. But when you look at it, you're like, wow, I, I, I see them. I see like their, just their character, their soul from like, just this moment. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and I, as cheesy as this sounds, this is, this is a line I use today and I've used all throughout my, my profession in sales is I'm only as good. Like my success is contingent off of yours. And that goes the same for photography. You're only as good as your last shoot, you know, like I rely only on word of mouth. So if I don't do a good job, if I don't deliver, if I don't make them feel comfortable, then they're not going to refer me. So once I get those referrals, I know I've done right by my client. It's kind of the same with sales. Like when you get a referral, it's like, okay, you did your job. And then like went above and beyond that this other person wants to refer them your way. So I always let them know like, Hey, I'm not going to leave until we get the shot. This isn't like 15 minutes and then I'm gone. No, we're in this together and we're going to work on this together. We're on the same side of the table. Yeah. I like that line, like your success. I, I like saying that too, because yeah, we're in this together. Like you can, you can say, Hey, like I'm not successful if you're not successful in other ways to say it. Like, you know, it's, I always even say like, I'm some people say like, I'm big on like a win-win scenario. We both have to win. But I even say like, I'm big on no lose scenarios. Like no matter what happens, like if I, I don't want you to, to lose anything, like feel like you're giving up something for you. I only want to feel like you're, you feel like not only are you losing, but you're gaining. So I want to make sure that like, if you can't gain, or if you, you feel like in any way that, you know, this is a loss for you, then it's just not a fit for you or us or, or either side. So let's like, talk about it. Um, yeah. Also like in setting the right expectations, right? Some people, I have some clients, I do maternity also, which is a whole nother level of like extra sensitivity. But I have some clients that like make me look like Courtney Kardashian. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I'm not a plastic <laughs> surgeon. So like, you're not paying me the same amount of money as a plastic surgeon. So like, we need to set the right expectations Ooh, yeah. in business. And so I let them know if we can, Hey, I'm going to snap 400 something pictures. Right. But if we can walk away with five solid ones that you're proud of in different looks or different, like, you know, five good ones, would you be happy? Is that a successful shoot for you? So it's all about tempering their expectations and bringing them back down to reality. And I think it's the same with our clients, you know, in the business world, you know, they want the world, but like, you know, don't have the right, they just want everything and you can't right, possibly sure. give them the world and you have to set the right expectations and tell them 
What's within your parameters? What can you actually deliver versus what they want? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What about, you know, talking about like, like what you do today, like, you know, and thinking of like, some people call them soft skills. What do you think? And you say, and you, we were talking earlier, like I would like talk about what you are doing as like building a relationship, setting a expectations, all things that like, you know, aren't like, no necessarily like a hard skill that you are a technical skill, like, I don't know, like working a, a machine or, you know, knowing how to like be proficient in PowerPoint, it's just kind of innate. So do you ever think about that? Cause you, you said you didn't have any, but I. Thanks I, for letting that out of the bag. Yeah. I mean, soft skills. I am a pizza bagel from New York. Like I am direct. I am no nonsense. And that is my selling style. That is the way that I work with my clients. I am no nonsense. I don't beat around the bush and I hold people accountable. Is that a soft skill? I don't really think so. I'm actually yeah, a little rough around the edges, yeah. but you know, like it's all about setting the right expectations. I let my clients know I call into Texas, baby. Okay. So it is a world different from New York. And I know, like, I probably have to talk a little slower and meet their tone. But like, I also don't know, hey, I'm from New York. We got to get this done. Like, let's, let's get this show on the road. And they appreciate understanding and keeping them in line with certain deadlines. So I'm really glad that you said what you said, just kind of like about, you know, how you deal with like your clients, your photography clients. And a lot of times people might, you know, term those skills. And I hate this distinction between the difference of like hard skills and technical skills versus like soft skills that are, some people may call them that. I think it's an old term personally, but things like, like just building a relationship and, and caring for people and kindness and those like squishy kind of skills. Some people call them soft. I really think it's the opposite's true. I think soft skills are, are the hardest things to learn, but people just, you know, tend to have them as they grown older. And sometimes people don't even know what they are, that they have them. So I'm curious what you think about it, Jacqueline, like, you know, those types of, of skills and what you, you think about using them. So I've been in sales for over a decade and I've been a high performing sales rep within that, those 10 years. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think soft skills is such an archaic dated term. Like, I think we just replace it with being human. Like, you know, like you don't learn soft skills. They're innate. Like it, it's who you are. It's showing empathy. A great example of this is I call into Texas and, you know, like Travis Scott, like I call into schools in Texas, first of all. Hmm. And so like every week there's something going on and I have to be sensitive to that. I have to be in the know. I have to, you know, I can't call up my clients and be like, hope you had a happy, lovely weekend. No, stop. I have to call them and be like, Hey, like, I'm so sorry about like, I hope no one was affected that, you know, that was at this Travis Scott concert. You know, you have to be human and empathize with what's going on in their world. You know, like we are going through tough times. We went through COVID. We're still going through COVID. We're going through like, in social injustice, like we're going through a lot right now. And if you turn a blind eye to that, what makes you different than any other self-serving like rep out there? 
You need to be human. In a world where people want to do business with people they like, you need to tap into what matters to these people. I had a client the other day who said her son was at that show. Mm. Now imagine if I answered the phone saying, hope you had a lovely weekend. Like, how is everything? No, you need to like really show that you care. Show up, follow up and follow through are three things that I try to embody on every single call as a relationship manager. Yeah, man, you know, I bet you the response from her, like she probably didn't even expect someone to even ask about that. Like, it's one thing to be like, so how's the weather or whatever? Totally different than, hey, I'm up on current events. I saw what happened. I was, you know, just like, I, it shook me not even having anyone I know in Texas. I can't imagine, you know, there were so many people there. You, you may or may not know somebody. And then she's like, well, actually it's close to home. And now you're in this awesome conversation about just being vulnerable and just feeling like, wow, this is another person. The sale is kind of secondary. And um, I'd much rather like just let that lead me to this connection. And then the, the sale is almost like like just a, as, as like a residual of, of that because you're already like she she wants to talk to you again just because you took the time to sit down. I really sure. care. I love it. <laughs> Well, okay. So kind of like rounding off, like what are some things that, you know, you just at your core, like just believe and maybe advice. I always ask people like, just look, I think we all could give a little bit of ourselves and kind of our background to people that may not even think they have anything to do with sales. Like they just never even considered it. You probably were there. Like if I talked to Jacqueline, like the college version of you and said, you'd be doing this today. You'd probably be like, what er, you know, no, like no, what? No sales. That's not anything to me. So maybe the question is like, what advice would you give your younger self to, to tell that person like, Hey, what you're doing is really transferable to being good at sales. And we all do it. What are some things that you could, you know, kind of tell that person about what they're doing? Oh, that's a good question so funny. Like, again, I think about how I broke into sales at Yelp and I had never even used the platform before. I didn't even know what it was, to be honest. I just wrote the CEO, a college humorous type of cover letter as to how we can't afford not to, not to have me on the team. And I got a job not knowing shit about shit to be blunt. Sorry, I'm not going to be filtered, unfiltered fiddler right now for you. But like, <laughs> I think that if you have a zest for talking to people, if you enjoy connecting people and like making those relationships and don't shy away from adversary, if you have a bolstering personality, then sales is absolutely your cup of tea. When I started at Yelp, I was making what, 34K, you know, like in New York City, like I was commuting from Long Island, needless to say. And within a year, I was bringing in $160,000. And that was strictly off of commission. And it was because I believed in what I was selling. First of all, you have to like what you're selling. If you don't like what you're selling, you're not going to sell. And like, that was my time in insurance. All right. But like, all I have to say is like, when I started making money, I started realizing like, holy cow, I can show my dad that I don't have to marry a Jewish lawyer or doctor. <laughs> he didn't just send me to, you know, Michigan for art for nothing. Like I can hold my own. 
And yeah, at the time when I was like 22, making like a hundred dials a day, like wasn't appetizing, but you know, what was having my own place and being able to pay for every single thing and pay for my stuff for my parents and give back. Like sales is an animal. It's a machine. It is not for everyone. It is not for people that have, that don't have a thick skin that aren't resilient. But if you are like people and like are charismatic, empathetic, engaging, people are going to gravitate to you. Even if you're selling like, you know, I don't know, air, like, you know, so it's just like, if you have the personality for it, if people gravitate to you, if you like talking and helping people, then like, it does matter what you're selling. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter what you're selling. It absolutely does matter what you're selling, but find something that, that you're already a consumer in. Like I was a LinkedIn all-star just because of the posts that I was making. It didn't mean I worked at LinkedIn, but it meant that I definitely wanted to work for something that I already use, you know? So I think that my time in sales has allowed me to continue being a freelance photographer. It has allowed me to continue being commissioned to paint massive, you know, large scale paintings for people. And it has given me the freedom to be self-sufficient and own my own place in New York. So, I mean, sales is really, really fulfilling. And I implore anyone who is an extrovert to give it a try. And if it's not for you, maybe account management is, but you know, you'll quickly find out real quick if it is for you or if it isn't. And you'll probably find out more about yourself in that process. And what I will leave you with is the skills that I have learned from being in sales. I have been able to parlay in the real world to get what I want. And a great example is this, I managed to get myself on Bravo during COVID like three times, okay? <laughs> Why? Because I showed up, followed up. I you know, was multi-threaded. I actually put in what I've learned in sales to get a deal done, to get myself on that show. And I wrote a post about that too. Like, so it's really amazing. I think like not only what you can bring to sales, but what you can get out of it and like what you can learn and how it can better you as a person and get you what you want. It's like that archaic, but amazing book, how to win friends and influence people, you know, like you really learn how to get what you want and how to carry yourself. Yeah. I can't help but think when I'm hearing you go through that, that you really knew your strengths. You are so comfortable in your own skin. Like maybe your your beginning of your sales career, you know, you may have, you know, when you were first going into insurance and you were doing that sort of thing, it was just not you. You were just kind of like playing a persona or what you thought you needed to do. But like when you were going through and being at Yelp and getting all this success, like you got the job from just, you know, sending out this thing, not knowing anything about the product, not knowing anything about shit about shit, but you sent this awesome creative piece out and that's just who you are. You're creative and you know, you, you've just doubled down on that. You didn't listen to anybody else, like your parents who wanted maybe a different life to you, your friends who were like, like, what are you crazy? You're not going to get a response. You just listened to your gut yourself. You were you. And then wherever that led you, 
you were going to like, you were just going to trust that and let the rest take care of itself. So I think a big part of it is just, and I think it's, you know, it's a skill that is really lifelong is just having self-awareness. And you just take me as someone that has so much of it because it's like, I don't care what people think. Maybe, you know, secretly you do, but like you overcome that by just saying, I'm going to be me, take it or leave it. I trust myself. And I'm going to put in, like you said, I, I love the three things that framework. I'm going to follow up. I'm going to follow through and I'm going to show up. That was your first thing. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to show up because why not me? Let's just do it. And um, it's, it's really inspiring. So thank you so much for sharing this uh, gift with, with the guests and see like it's even possible to kind of, you know, go on one of these things and have a conversation with me, maybe in many more. Uh, that I think you'll have because of this. So, and I think it's important to mention, like we met during the pandemic. Yes, I've never yes. met you in person for sure. We met when sales, you have micro communities, right? You know, and it's like what you put into it, networking your work, like is what you're going to get out of it. And because of sales, because of being an extrovert, because of our love for connecting, we are talking today sure. at a time when we met when the world was coming to an end, you never know who you're going to meet. And I love that I've, especially during lockdown, have grown my network by three X because of things like this. And I think that there's no lack of creativity in sales. And I'm going to say this, I know we're at time, but like, I think it really, like some of the ways that I've actually like implemented my creativity. Cause I told you when I was insurance, yeah. I felt stifled. I didn't yeah. feel like myself. I felt yeah. like just Karen on in HR. Here we go. I'm selling you insurance. Like take it or leave it. No. Blech. Okay. Like how I've been able to feel fulfilled in implementing my creativity in, in parlaying it over to these roles is in a couple of ways. I send video mail. That's another way that I got my job at LinkedIn. You know, break out of the pack. Show that you are an extrovert. Show that you care in a way that's so different than all of the masses. I also, I'm just going to say this. I work at LinkedIn right now. And I'd say 90% of the people that I work with at LinkedIn don't even know that this is a feature voice notes. I said, a voice note. I'm a relationship manager. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, Joe. It's Jacqueline over here. Really like LinkedIn just wanted to like say, I'm thinking of you. Like how many people do that? Unless I'll say is if you're in field sales, because I've done the gamut. I've done field sales, SaaS, you know, inside sales, carry eight different laminated name tags in your bag and you will get yourself into any event that you are not on the list to. You know, it's like, <laughs> stuff like that. Stuff like that, bringing yourself that way. Like, that's what like, oh, like, yeah. Like, that's got awesome. Into a, got into a VIP event the other day because of that. Because I have seventy like laminated name tags. Like, how, how do you mean I'm not on the list? Like, don't let this happen again. Like, <laughs> I love it. You're, you're, you're so fun. I do all those things. I haven't done that, but you give me a new thing gang. So, you know, Hey, just if people let you in act like you've been there before and anything can happen, who, who knows, but, um, yeah. you don't um, ask, you don't get <laughs> exactly. You, you, you know, those of you that can't see that you're listening, maybe working out right now, Jacqueline is uh, sitting behind her sitting in front of this awesome painting that she made. And she's just such a creative person such a joy to talk to you and be creative, find, you know, what makes you, you and, and get that out into the, into the world. People need it. 
Before we go, Jacqueline, I ask people just a final question about them that I just think connects all of us. And sales oh, just is about, you know, like knowing something personal about people that no one else in the world can do because they are who they are. So this question about you is, what is something that's happened to you that really, it's something that really could only and would only happen to Jacqueline Fiddler? And this is, could be something that you're good at. It could be just a crazy story about, you know, you that's like, you know, if I asked your boyfriend, what's just something that's totally Jacqueline, what would that one thing be? <laughs> I'm probably going to regret this later. In fact, I'm, you know, I'm just going to pour myself a little bit more. <laughs> Because this is a very current event happened this weekend. Okay, cool. I love current events. Current events are awesome. Current events. This painting is from 2011. This is not my newest work. All my new work is sold. But so I was a salesman at a very young age, at the ripe age of 18. I decided to get a tattoo. And I decided to pay the guy, pay that you may you might cut this out of your of your thing, just so you know. But like I decided to pay the tattoo artist. In Xanax, you know, like, why not have this like on my body forever? Let me pay you in this currency. Let's barter. I was a tradesman at a very young age. And uh, yeah, this weekend I got that removed. I, I got the words, <laughs> I got the words work in progress tattooed no. to my body. And then I liked it so much. I went back the next week. I got it underlined. So, <laughs> you know, like 12 years later, I've decided, you know, maybe I'm now maybe I am you know like instead of getting a line under it or a line in the middle of it I'm just gonna get that you know completely it out so you know if any of you out there is ever thinking of getting a tattoo any of you parents out there want to like advise your kids not to get a tattoo I could I could show you a picture of what it looks like when it gets removed and that will like really scare the shit out of them so um I'm sorry. I don't know if that's irrelevant. Uh, you know, like that's that's irrelevant. I think it's extremely relevant, extremely hilarious. And it literally like ties this whole thing together because you know yourself so well. What one of us knew ourselves at 18, which, uh, you know, I, I want to meet that person and I'm going to call their bullshit. But now like you do, that's probably like a, a really empowering thing to do to be like, okay, for, not like just for just like for the dumb thing that you did. <laughs> to say now that I am like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm fully learning, but I'm okay in my skin. Complete. I don't need, I'm complete. I'm going to go ahead and remove that. You know, it's a good pain. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good pain. It's yeah. hurts, hurts, like, and it's an expensive and it's expensive, but you know what? It feels good to be able to look back and be like, you know what? We're all works in progress, but I'm a little bit more complete and I have a little bit more of an idea of who I am right now. And so I yeah. thought it was warranted to zap it off and I've got 12 more treatments. So, you know, it's a journey. I love <laughs> that you underlined it too. You're probably like, God, of course I had to underline it. That's just more it's treatment. Ronald McDonald colors, mind you. It's black and in my favorite food colors. Like, come on. I, I love it. I love it. All right, Jacqueline, where could people connect with you? Hopefully, like, you know, tell you something about this story or what they've heard on this podcast and maybe what they've learned. Um, where can they they find you after this? Hey, thank God my dad is a like almost retired dentist and won't be on LinkedIn to like hear or see this and it's not technologically savvy, but connect with me on LinkedIn. I mean, that is that's where I work. That's like, you know, yeah, where you I live, breathe and 
work all day. So I'd say cool. connect on me in there, check out my art, um, my photography at JacquelineFiddlerPhotography.com. Probably not on work servers because it's probably not going to be um, PC, but um, hey, I'm able to shoot boudoir and still work for like a really corporate professional reputable company. So like, it's okay to be yourself and not be ashamed of that at all. Great message. Beautiful message. So well put. So well said. Thank you so much for being you and uh, for popping off the screen and coming on the podcast today. So appreciative. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Fun. All right. Thanks. Hey gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.